Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone out there in Facebook land and YouTube land. Uh, we are back and we are so very happy to be joining you for another episode um, of the Coffee with Rhonda show. So I want to welcome you and tell you who we are, why you're on this station listening to us. We are a group of coaches or thought leaders or entrepreneurs, motivational speakers, and we come here and we discuss the ups and the downs of really creating a successful life um, and business and a happy life and career. So this today is a really important episode for us and a really important discussion. This is uh, season two, episode 11. I can't even believe we're almost at the end of the season. Only one more episode left. I know. And today's conversation is on um, racial injustice. That's where we are in this time. That's what's important. And it's important for us to have that discussion. So the question um, out there um, among with um, other things we're going to discuss today is, is it okay? okay to not be okay. So before we get to the rest of our introductions, you guys know we have a couple of housekeeping things that we need to do. Um, I want to have you be sure that you tell us where you're watching from and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. And we have a big, big ask right now. This is an important conversation. So whether you are watching live or watching on the replay, if you would please take a moment to like the video and share the video so that others can join the conversation um, as well, that would be super, super helpful for us. Um, also, you drive this conversation. If you know nothing about the Coffee with Rhonda show, you know a lot of it is about your thoughts and your comments. We pull those into the show and it enriches our conversation. So please don't forget to comment or anything that resonates with you. And then finally, um, if you have not already, be sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We just reached 600 views on our YouTube channel. We're super excited about that. And it's a slow climb. It is a slow climb getting up there and getting subscribers on YouTube. But you know what? We're up for the challenge and we can do it with all of you out there helping us. So now let's get to the introduction so that we can get back into our show. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams and I'm your host for the show. I am an emotional intelligence strategist. And what I do is I help leaders and I help them shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed, from stuck to unstuck, so that they can become um, really consistent in creating a life that they love. And that includes creating a career that they love. I have two amazing, amazing, wonderful people on the panel here joining me this morning. I'm going to start with our uh, with our co-host, and then I'm going to come to our guest and let her introduce herself and tell you all a little bit about her, and she's going to share what's in your cup. So before I do, let me tell you guys, I have my Coffee with Rhonda mug here. I'm also rocking my Coffee with Rhonda shirt, so don't forget you can pick up some Coffee with Rhonda gear too. And in my cup this morning, um, I decided to go with regular old coffee but I've got hazelnut and I've got ginger um, in it as well. So that's what's in my cup. Miss Roz, good morning to you. You look beautiful this morning. Tell us what's going on with you, who you are, and what you got in your cup. I have, well, uh, I have in my cup, I have peppermint tea with honey and lemon. Okay. And for those of you, for some unknown reason, if you don't know who I am, <laughs> I am Roz Jones, the CEO <laughs> and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved ones, sitter, homemaker companion, home health aide, and certified nursing assistant. 
And as I always say, when you can't do it all, you give, give us a, a call. call. So I'm bringing you, yes, I'm bringing you sunshine from the sunny, sunny state of Florida. And now to our, our guest. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Ross. Quasi um, has said, please post the link uh, to the YouTube channel. Yes, Quasi, we will post that in just a minute for you. Thank you so much. I'd love for you to join and subscribe uh, to the station. So to our wonderful guest, Tamikia Smith, I have to tell you guys, I was at a conference and I met Tamikia at the conference and she was just rocking the house. She was up there doing her thing. I was all motivated and excited after I left there and I thought this is a woman I have got to know. So Tamikia, introduce yourself, tell them, us about you, where you're living, and then Tell us what's in your cup. Sure. So my name is Tamikia. I go by Miss Lady, um, and my last name is Smith. Um, I am the founder of Edu Arts LLC. Edu Arts is where education, Edu stands for education, short for education, where I like to educate people through arts because I am a, also known as a singing, speaking poet. And so um, I like to educate people on different topics in a creative way through those forms and those avenues. Um, I'm also the author of Take the Stage. It's a book that I wrote um, after I did my TED talk in Vancouver on um, empowering your, or um, teaching yourself how to have difficult conversations. Um, this book is not necessarily about that, but it's about having and taking authority when you're on the stage so that people that hear you are listening and understanding and taking something from what you said. And so I love public speaking. I love presenting. I've talked at a lot of conferences, which is where I met Rhonda at. And I've, I've also talked at a lot of um, international conferences, which was pretty good because I've got to know people from all over the world. And so that's been a great thing. And I've been a conference keynote speaker for a lot of events. And I've also um, done some work with technical companies as far as like some consulting and kind of talking with employees on how to have those difficult conversations or integrating, um, you know, different religions and, and just making a safe space for people to have conversations. Um, and so I'm excited. And I want to tell you about my cup here. Okay. Cause I'm really excited about this. So I have a teacup that my friend gave us. Um, we had a girl's night Valentine's cause none of us had boyfriends at the time. And so we were all together. We decided not to be sad on Valentine's day. And so this was a gift that she gave us and I have never used it before. And so when Rhonda was talking about cups and all of that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to use my teacup. And you know, um, unfortunately, there's this thing about gossiping and sipping on tea, but for us, I think it's more like empowering. And and when you say something empowering, I just go sip on my tea because that was good, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tamika. That's awesome. That cup is adorable. I love Thank it. You. Yeah. Really cute. So um, we've got a couple people out there. Marcia is out there. Good morning, Marcia. I'm so glad that you could be here for this important conversation. I know you're going to be chiming in as we go through. Um, Quasi, I want you to know that the link to the YouTube channel is posted. So feel free to uh, hop on over there. And then um, Marcia says, share. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Anytime you'd like to share the video gives others an opportunity to join into the conversation as well. So let's get started. Today's conversation um, is really about the state of affairs and everything that's happening um, in our country today, and not just in our country, but the impact has been felt um, sort of globally, internationally. Now we're seeing sort of um, folks really stand up and begin to stand together. Mm -hmm. I want to start this conversation with what's happening and what happened with George Floyd by not necessarily going through the process of what happened. I think we all saw the video 
we understand what happened. What I want to talk about is this thing that we have in our title, which is, how are you doing? Yes. Are you okay? And if you're not okay, is that okay? Right. So let's start the conversation with how we're all doing. You know, um, I think uh, last week, I may have mentioned this on a show, but I had a friend uh, call me last week um, and she lives in in Tucson. And she said, you know, I, I don't really know what to say, but I just want to know if you're OK. Right. Are you OK? She said, I've talked to other folks and, and none of us really know what to say. But other than to be outraged and angry and frustrated and upset, but I don't think it's okay to say nothing, especially for people that we care about. So That's I true. wanted to reach out to you to see if you were okay. I cannot tell you how good that felt to me. And you know, my initial conversation was, I'm really not okay. Yeah. I'm really not okay because I am um, just personally, I am a little tired. I am tired mm -hmm. of having this conversation. I have three sons and I have been having this conversation wow. since the time they are they were born. Uh, my oldest son is now at the point where he's raising his own children and now we have to have those conversations with them. Yeah. I I am tired. I am tired of worrying about when my sons go out is someone going to perceive that they're playing their music too loud or too wrong or looking the wrong way or saying the right thing. Um, I have tried to teach them for their entire life that when you go out, you've got to do this. You've got to behave this way. If if you get stopped by a police officer, here's what you have to do. And you know what? Even that doesn't work. So so I am tired. I am tired and I'm saddened by the state of affairs that we are still here having this conversation. And I'm tired because no one knows really what the heck to do about it. So that's kind of me and my own um, reflection. And honestly, I had to get there. It's been a process for me to take the time to self-reflect enough in a safe way and a safe space and say, you know what, Ron? Because I am okay. So I'm this person. I am okay. Well, this has been going on to a long for a long time. Let's just move right to what we should do and and how we should act and behave. And it's through conversations with my sons who said, "Mom, I am not okay." Yeah. And with people calling and asking me, "Am I okay?" That I've come to this place where I'm like, you know what? I guess I'm really not okay. And that's okay too. So um, Marcia is out there. She says, it is absolutely okay to not be okay. And I think we have to give ourselves permission to be there and to feel whatever we're feeling in this situation. So um, Marcia also says, as the mother of three melanated millennials, it does not let me rest easily. Definitely a personal trigger as a civil rights baby. Marcia, I can totally relate. And, and so let's go to our panel and ask each of you, how are you doing? And are you okay? And um, Tamika, we're gonna start with you. How are you? Well, you know, I just wanna address like, yeah, it's, it's okay not to be okay, right? And I think, in all honesty, when you can say that you're not okay, you're in a good place. I'm more concerned when you ask people, are they okay? And they give you that quick yes, and you know that they're not okay, right? Because that's mm -hmm. when you're really not okay, when you can't 
face it and when you can't really talk about it. So you just say you're okay because you don't feel like talking about it or you don't want anybody to go any deeper into the conversation because you're going to go into some seclusion and deal with this thing yourself or maybe go into depression. So I'm very much so okay with people when they tell me I'm actually happier when they say they're not okay because now we can start a real conversation versus a person that says, oh, I'm okay. That's fine. You can go on. You know what I'm saying? I don't need anything. And then the next thing you know, they're in the institution or something, you know, bad is happening with them. And so am I okay personally? Okay is a process, right? Um, it's a process because there are moments when I'm okay. And then there's moments when I'm like, ah, no, you know, because there's triggers and there's different things that happen. And there's pictures of my, and I don't have children. So there's pictures of my nephew that I might see. And I know that they have to grow up in this world. Right. And I know that um, my sister has four sons or three sons and, and my brother has two and my other brother has two. And I have all of these nephews and I have these nieces that have to grow up in this world that we're still battling stuff over 400 years that we've been battling just with a different name to it. Right. You know, so we mm. went from, um, captivity to lynching now it's bullets you know and so okay it's so big i think like the other questions are what are you doing you know, like engaging with people to have those real conversations like because if i ask you you're okay you say you are then we move on and it's almost how we deal with things in society too like this is the big thing now check mark we sent out our email about it we've done what we're supposed to do and there's no real work behind the process and so Okay, it's not a question that I ask people when I go into um, conversations with them because I know what we say when we're asked that question. But it's definitely okay not to be okay. Mm, I love that, and <clears throat> and I can really appreciate um, you made a really important point. It is a process. It, it is. is a process, and it's it's being okay with that process and taking yourself through that process. Marcia says, I have to reconcile currently living in a help in a heavily Confederate flag waving area of the country. And yeah. it's so interesting that your neighbors and people that you work with every day often don't get it. They don't get it. They don't yeah. know what the issue is. <clears throat> the prevailing thought is, well, you should just do what you're told and things wouldn't escalate to this point. And it, it, we are way beyond that. We are way beyond that. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But before we go there, let me come to you, Roz, and ask you, how are you? And are you okay? No, I'm not. I'm I'm angry. I'm hot as fish grease. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm pissed off. <laughs> you know, I'm I, I I am because people think that if you're not okay, it's failure. Mm. That we have failed some somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Um, admitting that something is wrong is not necessarily failure. Sometimes admitting something is wrong is because we need to ask for help. And then we're scared to ask for help because a lot of times in the black community, what goes on in this house stays in this house. If we're in pain, mm -hmm. we keep in these four walls and we don't go anywhere else. We have got to get beyond that. We have got to get past that mindset. And, you know, even for me this week, I mean, I was really going through some stuff, still dealing with it, still processing it and had to put some measures in place and say, hey, I got to shut it down for a little while. Yeah. I have to come off social media so far as the news on TV. All I've been watching, to be honest with you, is HGTV, something that's a no brainer, something that's, you know, where, you know, it's not triggering any type of negative juices in my body, but
But I want people to know that just because, you know, you say you're not okay, you haven't failed. It's acknowledging a problem and then looking for a solution. Now, where you go and look for your solution is important because sometimes you can't talk to mama and, you know, Pookie and them. You can't talk to them. You know, you may have to elevate up and get some professional help. It's okay. It's okay to ask for professional help if you need it. And then another thing I wanted to address was a friend of mine told me that her son used to run to the store, grocery store, and go get stuff. She had to tell him to stop running Mm. because Mm. she's scared that he's going to be shot or beat up or for whatever, you know, whatever reason. She's scared when she when he goes out. And now she's making sure that one of her daughters goes with him if he goes to the store. It, sh- it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. I hope that my prayer is that we will remember in November when we vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and what a sad state, right? That you a, a, a child can't, you know, if they are a melanated child, they cannot run to the store, mm-hmm. right? They cannot run to the store. You know, it just brings up the point that we live in a society where we can't do the things that other people can do. Here's a, a, a um, another example. So raising my sons when they were younger, I would not allow them to play with toy guns. Would not, I would not allow it, would not bring it into my house. I had many conversations about it. People always wanted to give them their little boys, give them a gun. They like to shoot things up. Uh, People would always give them toy guns and I would throw them in the trash or get rid of them or send them back. I do not want them having these toy guns because we don't have the same ability that other children have they can stand out street and point a toy gun at a cop and nothing will happen. Let one of my sons do that and they will end up dead. I'm like, no, I will not do that. I will not allow them to do it. So it's those types of basics that we've lived with forever, right? We have lived with this for hundreds of years and we have adjusted our lives, our conversations to be able to deal with these injustices. And now it is time we are finally, I think, starting to elevate the conversation beyond us. It's got to go beyond us. So to Mm -hmm. all of my white friends and my white America, my white colleagues out there, we need you all to step up to the plate and get involved in this conversation because we alone did not cause this issue and we alone will not be able to fix it. It will take exactly. all of us uniting. So Marcia says, uh, I'm renaming hashtag white supremacy. It should henceforth be referred to as white fragility because they're not at all superior or supreme. You supreme. have to wonder, Marcia, that is a really good point. You have to wonder what is under the psyche um, that causes someone to feel that they need to be better than someone else, that they need to be in this position where the only way I'm good 
is to make sure that you are not good. The only way that I can feel positive about myself is to be sure that you don't and that you don't rise in this country. I don't understand the psyche behind that. I'm sure it's years and years, just like for us, where we've been dealing with this institutional uh, racism forever and we've adjusted. I'm sure there's something there um, also. So if we're talking about the fact that um, I think you're taking us to a really good point in that we know how we feel. We know what we saw. We know what's happening in this country. I want to know, how do we talk about it? Because here's what's happened in our country. We have been taught that any conversation that's difficult or challenging to just stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Just stay away from it. What do they tell us at work? Don't talk about your salaries. Why is that? Because somebody might be getting more than another and then somebody's upset and then it's a whole big deal. Don't talk about politics at work. How come? Because it turns into a heated discussion because you're on one side, I'm on another side where we've got mm -hmm. Democrats and Republicans and independents and all of a sudden it's out of control. And so we don't talk about it. Don't talk about sort of um, the gender issue at work. You know, just just it's OK. Just pretend that we're all equal and things are fine. Don't bring it up. But as a result of not talking, how can you understand something that you just pretend doesn't exist? How can you deepen your level of understanding if we're not talking about it? So the question I have and I'm going to put this out there for the audience also. The question I have, Vaughn has joined us. Hey, Vaughn, thank you so much for joining this really, really important conversation. Uh, Vaughn says, peace to all out there. Um, Marcia says, not me. I challenge it all the time. Just ask Roz. She knows it well. You know what? Good for you. Good for you for challenging it. But the, the thing that I'm going to put out there for everyone is, how do we have the conversation around this issue in a way that we are not shying away from it, but in a way that is allowing us to move the issue forward, which means it has to be a productive conversation. Um, Roz, we'll start with you first. How do we talk about it? And, you know, go to work or go to our businesses and we've got our white colleagues and people who just want to don't want to talk about it. How do we bring it forward and talk about it? The thing I want to say is, is that a lot of times when things happen, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times when things happen in the black community, the first thing we do is protest and we tear stuff up. We got we, we got to think of, of another way to handle to handle to handle this. I understand frustration. We can have peaceful protests, but tearing up someone's business, you know, stopping them from having business, messing up somebody's revenue is not the way to, to make a change. It's not a way to make a change. Again, we got to vote. Number one, I said, we got to remember in November, we got to. And then we got to sit down at the table. We got to have everybody. If it's town hall meetings, if it's tent meetings, whatever it is, we got to start locally in the communities and then build up. We got to start local. Or even if we start nationally, but if we start locally and start building up, building those groups and, and keep having these meetings all the way up into and even past November, we can make a change, but we got to start locally and we got to open the door up to everybody. We can't say, okay, the Jewish community can't come in. The Muslim community can't, can't. everybody has to sit at the table, whether Muslim, Jewish, 
LGBT, elemental P, whatever it is, whoever they are, disabled veterans, whoever, everybody's got to sit at the table and come up with a plan of action. And if we do this and even get into some of these boardrooms, if we start getting into, you know, being more active, proactive instead of reactive, okay, this happened now. We, we don't see the family doing this. The family, the family, if anybody should be protesting, it should be the family. The family should be, but they are, they are mourning in public and in grace. They are mourning in public and in grace. I admire that. But also too, they're asking for us to sit at the table. Let's find another way other than tearing up people's businesses. At the end of the day, how does that, how does that initiate conversation at the end of the day, tearing up somebody's business? How does that improve anybody's quality of life? How does that improve anything? So, uh, Roz, I think this is a really good point. I'm going to shut down some things here because my computer looks like it's doing some weird stuff. I'm freezing and doing okay. all this kind of craziness on the screen. But I think you all can still hear me. So I'm going to keep the, the conversation going. Um, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay. So here's what, here's my question about this. And then Tamika, I need you to weigh in on this too. That was my initial reaction that I don't think that we should be doing that type of thing. However, I will say this, that wasn't all quote us, right? That was not all us. That was a whole bunch of other people who decided to get engaged in that process and to help uh, mm -hmm. facilitate and spark some of that as well. But I heard someone say that this isn't right, but we needed to get their attention. We needed to get the attention. And now look where the conversation has been elevated to. People understand that too much is too much is when you, when you push people to the breaking point, this is what is going to happen. Not, it's not about right or wrong but this is what's going to happen. And we now have people talking about sitting in the National Guard and doing all of this. It's amazing that we don't want violence except when it's against us, right? We don't want vi violence isn't okay until you know someone else decides it's okay to be violent against us. So we have a lot of voices and a lot of frustration that spilt over. And while I don't believe it's the right thing to do, is it sometimes necessary to do something unconstructive to get someone's attention? I don't know. Tamika, what do you think? Okay. So I don't know. I want to go back to the original thought because I don't want to just like speak off of rise or, you know, anything like that, uh, that she said, because I have my own kind of thoughts about a lot of things, but I do want to start with this point, And that is about um, uh, the initial question of how do we uh, talk about it? to elevate the conversation because I work in a lot of my talks are done in like corporate settings, right? And we're in the workplace and how, how do we have these conversations in the workplace? And when it comes to our white counterparts and colleagues and friends, um, I want to a stress the fact that it's not the African-American person on your staff's responsibility to educate you on how to treat us right at the end of the day or educate you on how um, our history and and put that kind of pressure on the African-American staff. It is these managers and directors and CEOs. This is their responsibility to bring in people, um, experts that can talk about this topic, um, thought leaders and speakers and to pay them to come in and to train their staffs and their people and and just 
this for our white counterparts as well. Like it's also not the African-Americans responsibility to answer all of your black questions because you keep triggering things in people. You think you're just having a regular conversation, but when people are not trained to have these conversations, then you start triggering things and you're making it more stressful for your coworkers. And so the same way that we Google stuff, the same way that we take African-American classes, the same way that we watch movies and we learn and we read books, we have to empower other people to do those same things and stop putting all the weight on us as employees or as co-workers to educate them. That's not fair and that's not okay. And so when we want to start a conversation, we don't take the ownership of making sure that we educate them and keep traumatizing ourselves with our history. They need to be a little bit more, and, and it also needs to be embedded in their job description, especially if you're in a position where you're working with people from different cultures and backgrounds. It should be a responsibility of yours, your employers, your managers to make sure that you are trained in those avenues on how to communicate with people from different backgrounds and religious and sexual orientations. And so when we stop trying to now put it because of this thing that we're in now and making it so mandatory and having conversations because we're being um, reactive instead of being proactive and making sure that our employees are already prepared to have these conversations and know about backgrounds. And I think that that's a good way that we can um, evaluate the conversations and, and start incorporating them in our culture versus just now just making it apart because it's a big thing that's happening in the world. Now, as far as the rights and all of those kind of things that's concerned, we have to take a back and look at our history. And a lot of times what has happened is that's the only time they've heard us. Right. And that's unfortunate because you have all of these things. And it is unfortunate because good people with good businesses are being damaged and that's not okay. But the reality of it is, is when they kneeled um, and it was silent protest, that wasn't okay either. And then when they start tearing up stuff, oh, that's not okay either. But that's the thing that start getting there and it's the only way that change is enforcing and change is happening then unfortunately we, we reverting back to what worked see because it didn't work when we were trying to be silent about it but it worked when we start tearing up y'all stuff and we start taking away and messing up y'all economy you know what i'm saying and so unfortunately as much as i'm not for protesting and tearing up people businesses and stuff like that look at our history when martin luther king died and they did you know uh days and stuff and they did all the rights and all that kind of stuff legislation start changing uh it started getting the attentions of you know people in congress and, and laws started being enforced and all of these other things and so unfortunately that's the bad part about it you know the bad part about it is when we try to have intellectual conversations about it and try to do the right thing because i love peaceful protesters because there's a lot of the protesters that's happening that are peaceful and people are doing great things and making great impacts and they're not breaking windows and there's a video that's out now of a young man who took something from somebody who was breaking windows and he was not of african-american descent that was breaking the windows, but the person who stopped him and prevented him from doing that was. And so we focus sometimes on all the bad things that's happening when the reality of it is, is there's some police officers that's marching with, and it's not getting a lot of publicity because people love to think like what we're doing is so horrible, you know, but when they went into the state buildings with rifles, they were, they were exercising their amendment rights. So we have to be careful about how we focus in on like the bad actors because there's bad actors everywhere. They're doing, they're going to do it all the time. There's some people who are right now don't care nothing about black lives and all that kind of stuff is down there at their marches and they're trying to loot and steal stuff out of stores. We know that that exists, but there's also the majority of those people that's down there that's marching care about this and that's trying to push the vision. I love that. 
I, I love that because there are so many angles there um, for us to think about and understand. And this is not a simple issue. Um, it's very complex. And, um, you know, there's all types of um, emotion um, behind it. There are lots of dynamics and the psychology of what people will pay attention to versus what they won't. Um, and so I, I just think right now we are trying to use everything. So let me go to our, our uh, comments here. So Marcia had said a while ago that a longtime friend, um, ironically a mental health professional, now insists his wife accompany him when walking their dog, right? When walking wow. their dog. And, and I, I'm assuming that that's a safety um, thing because he is not feeling um, safe. Um, peaceful protesters are not the same as rioters and looters. Please don't make them synonymous. They're not, not at all. Peaceful protesting um, is our First Amendment right. We have the right to speak out mm -hmm. and to um, do that in a peaceful way. And just because there is a large group that is gathered to discuss something that you are not comfortable with doesn't make it a bad thing. Right. Doesn't make it a bad right. thing. So I don't have no idea what's going on with my computer today. But anyway, we are just going to keep marching right along because we don't have time for this. Um, so Vaughn says if they care enough, they'll figure it out. We got to focus on strengthening and rebuilding us. And Tamika, this was to your point of not putting mm -hmm. all of that pressure on um, on us to be the ones driving those conversations. Vaughn says if they care, they'll figure it out. Right. Let them go. Like you said, Google it or, you know, bring in some experts to have those conversations. Uh, DEI trainings need an overhaul. Yeah, absolutely. So diversity training in organizations definitely needs to be elevated. Um, and to be inclusive of these very important topics and not just, you know, here you read a paper and sign it or I mean, real conversation around it. That's how people mm -hmm. learn. That's how people understand. That's how people change uh, when we're able to do that. And then the whole Colin Kaepernick thing tried to tell it, but they won't give him credit. I'm hearing Colin Kaepernick's name a lot lately because mm -hmm. people are starting yeah. to recognize that all he was trying to do is to uh, peacefully bring awareness um, to these issues. And then Malcolm X says, if we're not careful, the media will have us hating those who are being abused and supporting those who are doing the abusing, Vaughn. Great, great point. Mm. There is a reason why we yeah. are in the situation that we're in today. So let's talk about, so we've talked about how, to, how do we communicate around it. Let's talk some more about what we can do. What can each of us do um, in our own little way? If anything, maybe we don't want to do anything. And that's certainly your right as well. But I want to give folks a chance out there to talk about, share your thoughts on what we should do to move this forward. So, um, so Tamikia, let's, let's start with you. What should we be doing? What could we be doing to help uh, take some action on moving this, this, um, this issue that is, you know, it's been prevalent in our society for a really long time, but how can we help move things forward? Yeah, I think accountability is a huge piece 
of um, what we should be doing. And I think as African-Americans, especially in our, if you work at a corporation or you work at a business or whatever, that you not just make this a DNI issue, that it be embedded in the culture of your uh, company, that even after all of this kind of settles down and we are not no longer doing the protests and, and, and we make sure that it doesn't go back to business as usual, that we make sure that the same initiatives that they're talking about now, um, as far as like what they want to do with the company and these letters that they're sending out in support of, we need to start making sure that they follow through on those things because we're tired of talking to be honest. We're tired of the silence about it, right? Because it's not business as usual. And then we're tired of talking about it because we just talk about it enough for them to check off to say that they said something and did something about it, but then there's no, there's no account in place. And so if we start holding our leaders accountable and we start making our ERGs have a voice and say, hey, you said six months ago that we were going to implement this and we were wondering where that is in the implementation process, right? If we keep putting it on the agenda and holding these people accountable, that's the one thing that we can do and say that we're not going away. Yes, it has calmed down and unfortunately people are being buried, but at the same time, they're still dying too. And maybe it's not making big protests like George Floyd did, but it's still happening. And so since it is still happening, what are you doing as an agency, as a company to make sure, you know, just the holding them accountable piece is so important and saying that we're not going away. Yes. And we're not being silent about it either. And yes, we're still here as employees and we still want equal this, equal that or whatever, you know? So I think we have to use our voices, our hands as far as action and making sure that we make the people who are with the big titles in our corporations, in our companies um, accountable. Now, I love it. Accountability Personal, um, I think. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, because I, I and I'm so used to talking about from a corporate standpoint because that's where I talk or what you know and do a lot of my um, discussions, but. From personal standpoints, I think like we all have these personal platforms that are more powerful than we think, right? A lot of times we start sharing stuff on social media. Mm. We share jokes and they go viral and this, that, and the other. But if we start sharing some real content, some real important things, and I'm not just talking about the sign that says Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about some educational pieces. I'm talking about forums like this where we're letting people know that, hey, it's happening and that there are safe spaces for you to have these conversations. I mean, doing our parts on our level. At the end of the day, it's amazing because there are some people who are already like look like us and they have made it to the sixth floor or they have made it to the c-suites and they are silent because they are securing their spaces you know and so it's unfortunate that those types of people unfortunately is playing the let's just be i'll meet you all in the middle kind of thing instead of being the voices when they get to those positions and get to those places so i challenge you that if you are of african-american descent and you have made it to those places where you are sitting at the table make sure you're not just sitting there and that you have a voice there that's it's so very important. And Roz, I'm going to come to you in a minute because it was great to see even a lot of the athletes stepping up, making videos, marching mm -hmm. uh, peacefully along with others. Because if you are at that place, I think you have to use your voice. And I'm just to the point where I'm going to speak up. I'm going to bring this issue up and we're going to do it in a, in a way that, you know, hopefully is constructive. But I'm not just going to be silent because this issue makes people uncomfortable. And the only way we're going to get to change is to make people uncomfortable. Comfort isn't going to get us where we need to go. So, Roz? Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. I agree with what both of you are saying. And, and Tamika was saying how, you know, we need to use our forums. We need to use, you know, our, our Facebook pages. We need to use our YouTube pages, our Instagram, whatever we can use. Now we have a choice. We have a choice 
to use it or we have a choice not to use it. But if you don't use it, then what, what are you doing? I'm going to go back again to say, what are you doing locally to start the conversation? If you don't want to use social media, what are you doing locally? You know, what, you know, what meetings are either you initiating or what meetings are you attending to make sure that this conversation is heard? So, you know, some people may not choose, you know, I don't want anything on my Facebook page about this. That's fine. I'd rather do something else. Absolutely. Do something, whether it's, I'm, whether it's I'm just, I'm going to pray. If that's your position, then kneel and pray. If you want to use social media, let that be your position. If you don't want to use social media and you want to go to, you know, local meetings or whatever, do that. But again, I keep coming back. When we get to November, I want us to remember that everything that we're building up to, the conversations, the platforms that we're using, all of that, I want us to be able to have that strategy and be ready to vote correctly to make sure that your voice is heard because don't vote and start complaining. Same thing with this. If you say nothing, then don't complain. Don't, don't say nothing if you take no action. You have no right to complain. You have no right to be, to complain about the way you're being treated if you don't take action in something. You got to take action for something to change. And change is uncomfortable. People are uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable all through COVID. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been a soldier on the battlefield. I've been on the front line. But when this came up, I, I felt like a wounded soldier. I did. But instead of taking a second seat, I decided that I'm going to get on platforms. I knew we were going to do this. I was on another platform. So, I, you know, I know that I'm, my part might not be as big as some of the athletes and CEOs. But if someone hears my voice, yes, if someone just listens to my opinion, even though they may not agree with it, listening to my opinion means just as much as me listening to your opinion. So, you know, we got to give that respect. I may not agree with it, but we can we can agree to disagree, but respect each other's opinions. But we got to do something. We cannot avoid the process. That middle part, we have a start and an end, but the middle is where we are now. We got to do something in the middle. And just let so, me say this real quick, because when Roz was talking about um, the voting part, it made me think about like even that right there was protests. You know what I'm saying? Even that right there was marches or whatever for us to have that liberty. And so you start seeing all these videos where there's thousands of people out and they're protesting. They're doing this amazing thing. But you're right. In November, show up at the polls like that, like so that your voice can be heard for real. You know what I'm saying from 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 a legislative standpoint, and so that we can start getting some things done in that sense. So I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said. Like that's real, and I'm glad that you keep bringing that back up because I think um, a lot of people who are out there now didn't do that. You know, right. there wasn't a representation of voting. There was the numbers were down, and all this other kind of things. And so we're seeing a lot of stuff as a result of that, and a lot of these things that are this intentional inflicting of trauma in people, like saying "sicking dogs," which is a traumatic thing for African Americans, especially those who have been through the civil rights kind of movements where dogs were sicked on people as a form of like you know. So there's a lot, and so November is important. Whatever way you vote, vote. But I'm just saying. 
do it. So let's so for I want to just add to that for a minute because we have a tendency as a people that if we do vote, it's in the big sexy election. It's in the presidential mm-hmm. election. But guess what's happening to us people? They are bringing in judges that don't believe that we need to have the rights that we deserve. They're bringing in legislation that the houses at the city, state, and the local levels are hugely, hugely important. The president, let's be real, is really kind of a face, right? He doesn't do a whole lot. He can't make bills, he can only sign them. Who's making the bills? Who's changing the laws? It is not the president. So the president in this country has a lot of power, but so much so to the point that we have fallen into a trap of not recognizing where the real power in this country lies. And it's not at the presidential level. It is the other legislative branches that we have to get out and we have to vote. So every two years there is an election in this country Right. Even on some of the yearly basis, when the little local elections come up, we have to vote. We cannot sit on the sidelines and think that if we show up for presidential election, that is all we need to do. So Vaughn says we have to be much more purposeful with our money, too. Not only where we spend it, but equally important where we refuse to spend it. And for longer than just a blackout day, the uh, the Montgomery bus boycott lasted for over a year. I'm so glad that you brought that up, Vaughn, because yeah. that's actually where I was going next when we got on the whole voting thing. Because here's what I believe about that. Why are we in this position? We are in this position because we have no economic power as a people. How do we get a seat at the table? That seat at the table, Tamikia, that you were talking about, We cannot get a seat at the table without economic power as a people. Why does this not happen in other communities? Because they have a powerful voice, monetarily, economically speaking. We have to gain economic power in this country if we really, really want things to change. And so um, I love that you you mentioned that, Vaughn, because that's exactly where I was going next. Jennifer's out there. She said, agree, the local elections control the police chiefs, the judges. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for bringing yeah. up mm-hmm. um, Jennifer, the yeah. police, because we, we have the right to impact those positions. But if we don't show up, What do we expect? We have to get involved. This country is a democracy and it requires all of us. Vaughn says that part, Rhonda. Yes, that local, local voting. And Jennifer says, yes, this is an important conversation, but let's talk about the economic empowerment. I was looking at some statistics yesterday that showed that the trajectory of the economic wealth of white America um, is on an incline. It's on a pretty steep incline going up and up. And when they showed that, I wish I could find that graph. When they showed the graph for the black wealth, it is going straight across. There is no upward movement, zero, none. That cannot happen. That cannot happen and we cannot be okay with that. So I'm asking all of my my black friends out here, my colleagues, my people watching this show, how do we improve our economic standing in this country? Because as long as we don't have any economic power, we're not gonna have a voice. This country runs on money. This country is, this country, the engine of this country is fueled by money. 
Yeah. How do we increase our empowerment? Vaughn started the conversation by saying, um, we need to keep our money in the black community. Our, our dollars are the only ones that stays in our communities for less than 24 hours. We are the only body of people that when we get dollars in our hands, it stays in our community for less than 24 hours. The only group. How do we change that? How do we improve our empowerment and get a seat at the table? So, um, Roz, how do we how do we improve our economic standing? Well, I'm glad you started with me because I've been sitting on the edge of my seat as soon as I saw Vaughn. <laughs> as soon as I saw Vaughn's comment, I want to say this. We have the opportunity, but we don't take it. I'm, I'm going to give this example. In some of these companies, you can buy stock. And when you buy stock, you have to go to their board meetings. Now, imagine if, let's just say if, 1,000 African-Americans, LGBT, veterans, Jewish. What if all, if, if we had 1,000 people from each one of those segments that would buy stock and then we went into the boardroom? It would make a change. It would make a change. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to some of the things that we even use on a daily basis. Click funnels, some of these automated things, um, Facebook, whatever. If we bought stock, enough stock, to where we they would have to invite us to the table, trust me, things would change. You know, when they have their, their summits and different things like this, you see the same faces on, on the summits. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting so-and-so. Or they have their token person as the spokesperson for that race for click funnels, for you know get response for you know whatever the automation is so we have to get into these boardrooms that's part of the way because when, when when you know when you see people other than yourself coming in then you get uncomfortable then you know how we feel so we have to you know we have to come you know just like you know when you start impacting somebody pocketbook like my grandma you say when you know when 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 I hit your pocketbook, then you're going to change your attitude. You're going to change your processes. You're going to get some people in there that look like who's sitting on your table because now we get to implement policies and procedures where we weren't doing that before. We got the power. We have the authority. It's been given to us. We just haven't taken advantage of it. It's huge. It's huge. Let me show let me show you guys this. So I'm gonna put this on the screen um, because I was able to find that graph. And I think that this is I think this is just really important for us to understand. I just want to make sure that I don't um move to another window. Okay. Uh, tab to another oh, new window. I want to make sure that I don't do anything crazy here and mess up our stream. Okay, so let me share my screen and I'm gonna share this graph with you. Okay, so this is how our wealth is growing over the years. And this goes all the way back to 1960. Guys, look at this graph. Look at this graph. There is no doubt that we have, are falling so much further behind. And in fact, our wealth is decreasing. 
It's not just not going up, it is decreasing. How are we going to get those seats at the table when they don't believe that we have any power to impact anything? This is powerful. When I saw this graph, I was blown away. I knew that this existed because I am with enough amazing people that they talk about this information. But I just said to myself, oh my goodness, this is not okay. It's not. It's this not. Is but, not okay. but we're going to have to make this decision to come together and say, we're going to, you know, as a group come together and you know buy stock or whatever but we have to make a decision and not say and 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 not fight amongst each other about you know we're going to put you know if we're going to put the money here let's put the money here and get on get, get in these boardrooms if we're going to do that if you're not going to do that again like i said don't complain if you're not going to be if you're not going to take action everything that we do from now on takes action if right. you're not going to move on it, if you're not going to take action, if you don't get off your blessed assurance, don't say nothing if the boardrooms don't change. Don't say nothing if the same people get voted in because you didn't take action. Somewhere, somewhere down the line, you know, we got to stop having all the crab boils. We got to stop doing, you know, stop doing some of this stuff. Take our McDonald's money. You know, we go to these fast food restaurants. We got, we got to take that disposable income and take it and turn it into something else, you know, to, to where, you know, you don't listen to me now because I got them. I, I have the money. We have the money. You find money to, to buy whatever you want to buy. And I'm guilty too. Look, I'm a, guilty. Friend, a friend of mine says all the time that you are a wealth creator. We are all wealth creators. We were born to create wealth. That is what we do. The only question is, are you creating wealth for you or someone else? Or the yeah. only question is, are you creating exactly. wealth in your generation and your family mm -hmm. or for someone else? We create wealth for other people on a regular. We don't even think twice about it. We we don't understand how to create wealth for ourselves, which is why I mean, there's a, a two colleagues and I were starting this group called Wealth Warriors. And the idea is to help people begin to think about how do I create wealth? What does that look like? Because we know how to make money and we know how to pay bills, right? We know how to make money and we know how to pay bills. What we don't know how to do is how to build wealth. We know how to spend money, right? That part's easy, but how do we create wealth? So my son and I were talking about the stock market. I'm gonna put Jennifer and uh, Rebecca's comments up here. Rebecca says, I understand exactly. There is strength in numbers, especially the dollars. Oh my gosh. Rebecca, you are so right. So I said to my son several months ago, we have got to start investing. We've got to do more with investing. You know, I've been dipping and dabbing for a while. I'm like, no, it's time to re get really serious. So he and I started investing on the Robinhood app. And this past week, we were going back and forth. He's like, mom, did you buy this stock? Check this out. And he's like, I hear this one is going to do really well over the course of the next week. I, I'm telling you, we probably made at least $500 between the two of us this week on the stock market. Awesome. Just the stock market. And I'm having these conversations with my sons because it's so important. I need you guys to stop knowing just how to pay your bills and you need to know how to build wealth. So Jennifer says, I've been struggling with what I can do personally to support the black community. My husband and I have researched the black owned restaurants here 
we're ordering from them for the foreseeable future. We vote with our feet and our money. And it's a small step, but my friends are doing it too. The trickle down theory clearly does not work. We must build from the ground up. Jennifer, I so appreciate you. And I'm going to call you out right now because Jennifer is actually my friend who called me the other day. And she created, Jennifer, you created such a space for me to be able to really deal with my own emotion because I really wasn't doing it at that point. At the point she called me, I had two conversations separately with each of my sons who were both not okay. And I was still trying to, you know, be the happy camper and, you know, do that sort of thing. And then after Jennifer's conversation, it really started to open me up. So let me just say to you, you are making a difference just yeah. in who you are, just mm -hmm. in what you're doing. I think the other thing that I would say for anyone out there looking to make a difference is don't be afraid of the conversation. If you see something that's injustice, if you see people supporting it, call it out, speak up. Challenge with inquiry. Sometimes it's, it's you know, we wanna just tell people what they need to do. I like to ask questions. Why is that okay? How do you think you would feel if that were your child? Even if they did something wrong, would you want your child's face smashed into the concrete? Or would right. you think that that was police abuse? Mm -hmm. When did the police become judge and jury where they get to decide who gets punished? I didn't know that that was the role of the police. Right. Ask these questions in a way that they almost can't help but to come back. So you are making an, a difference out there already continue to be who you are and to do what you do. And I so love and appreciate you for being willing to do that. Um, uh, Tamika, how do we improve our economic power? Um, so I'm kind of practical about it because I know that a lot of people, especially, you know, don't necessarily know about the stock and really not going to make it to the boardrooms. There's a lot of us that's going to do that, but then there's a lot of us that's not. And for those people who are not going to do it, I think that one of the things we have to do is stop killing each other. Right. And I mean, like with words. Right. Because we need to stop criticizing and pushing that negative narrative about black business. Oh, CP time or she ain't never on time. Or, you know, girl is a black business. And, and the stuff that people have said about us, we made that our narrative. And then we start talking about each other like that. If we can just stop that, that's a good first step of stop doing that now. You do have to vet, you do have to make sure, you know what I'm saying? But there are some amazing black businesses out there that are professional, that do excellent work and that are on time and so forth and so on. And if we can start pushing that narrative about us, then I think that's a good first step. The other thing is, um, let's create our black Wall Street again. Like let's read up on like what they did back in the day and then let's redo that for 2020 or what that looks like. Have directories in all 50 states as to, you know, and somebody take that leadership ability to like collect all the black businesses in all these 50 states and have this, we have the internet, we have, right at our fingertips where we could just create yeah. that. And that the, you know, somebody can hit Ohio and boom, all black businesses from different departments is listed there. That's a business in and yeah. of itself, just having something like that and having it in all 50 states and even some countries, if we wanted to go there and go international with it. Um, so those are just like practical things, but I think like this things that everybody can start doing. I, you know, from the corporate person to the person who's out, with unemployment right now can start just making sure that our confession about black businesses is positive and that we're pushing them and then be consistent. And then, and then the education piece, because a lot of times we can't be consistent because we don't know, especially with black mm -hmm. businesses sometimes because we yeah. have these great ideas because we are creative and we are innovative, but sometimes we don't have the skill set to manage the business and to keep it going. 
And so that's what we need to be able to reach out to other black businesses that educates. Because I really want to talk to y'all. Educate me about stocks. That sounds great what you're saying. Tell me a little bit more about that, Rhonda, about the stocks. Because Tamika don't necessarily know. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm just using yeah. myself as an example. But there's some people out there that don't know that the money that you put on your $200 braids could actually be in stock. You know what I'm saying? And so it's right. stuff like that that when we start educating each other and creating platforms that, hey, I'm doing a free seminar, even if it's not free, you know, I'm doing an affordable seminar for you to come to and learn about stocks and learn about creating mm. black businesses and learn about mm. that's an empowerment. And that's the way that we can, um, you know, push our economy by educating each other. I'm big on education because I think it's vital and it's so important. And a lot of people are deceived and just don't know. I, I, I saved a whole bunch of money because I couldn't spend money. And I was like, wow, I had the ability to save money all this time. That's one of the things I learned through COVID that I was spending my money on a lot of stuff that I could have been stacking away and investing in other things about. When I couldn't get my nails done and I was realizing like I saved $300 for not getting my nails done in like three or four months. Come on. I, I know. I'm with you. I understand. So Daryl um, is out there. He says economic power. I was just having a conversation with Daryl yesterday because he is a financial advisor. And we're looking at how do I make sure I am positioning myself to build wealth for me and my family. Right. So, Daryl, thank you so much for tuning in. If anybody wants Daryl, he's in the DFW area. Just let me know. And, I'll, you know, we'll be happy to put you in contact with him. Vaughn is out there. He says those conversations are often futile because those who don't get it don't want to get it. And they sincerely feel like we deserve mistreatment. There are so many people out there, Vaughn, who not only think we deserve mistreatment, but they also believe that they can't do it. So I was talking to, I did a show, I don't know, a, quite a while ago, I did a live stream for people. And I said, how much do you think it takes to invest? And people are like, oh, you know, 100, 200, 500, I need $1,000. And I simply don't have that money. I said, you can invest with $10. $10, you can start an investment. You can put $10 in a month. You can put $10 in every two months, right? Mm -hmm. So there are false narratives out there that we just don't know. So there's a couple of things I need to introduce you guys to now because Tamika, you hit them all. Number one, there is a group out there called the Proposed Hebrews Federal Credit Union. It will be seeking to be the first national black credit union where they service black African-American. Um, you have to be of that type of descent in order to be a member in that credit union. Um, I am now the Collin County chair for um, the proposed Hebrews uh, federal credit union because I am so passionate about this issue right now. Do I have a lot of time to do this? No, but I am committed. I'm like, you know what? It is time to step up to the plate. So that's one. So as that group goes, they're currently waiting to get approval from the National Association of um, Credit Unions. Uh -huh. runs and governs all credit unions in this country. They've submitted their application. They're waiting for approval for their final charter. So when that comes, I will definitely let you guys know. And that is going to be across all of the states. The second thing I want to introduce to you is a group called the Black Mastermind Group. 
The Black Mastermind Group is um, a group that is designed to empower Black entrepreneurs by helping them truly understand how to run their business, not how to bootstrap your business and do it out of your pocket, because honestly, that's all I knew for years was how to bootstrap my pocket. It is about how to position your business from the beginning or reset your business so that you can go out there and get funding for your business so that you can run your business in a way that allows you to be sustainable. Black business, listen, we are a creative people. We, we know how to get stuff going, but we don't have the foundational skills to run the business and keep it going. So in three to five years, our businesses are closed. And she is determined, her name is Danetta Watson. I'm actually gonna have her on a spotlight show that I do in our off season. But she is an amazing, incredible leader who is determined to empower black entrepreneurs. So I will say, so I'm the executive um, coach for the Dallas chapter of this Black Business Mastermind group. And as a leader in the, in the affiliate group, we had to all go through the Black Mastermind Mastery Program so that we can then coach our community and speak about it. Let me tell you something, that program is no joke. It is kicking my hind parts. <laughs> I have been in business and done business for many, many years. I have run business and run organizations. This course is really, really breaking it down and teaching me something different. So those are two organizations that I think um, will be powerful. And they are both up and coming and in their infancy. And I am determined to do everything that I can to support and will be continuing to share information on social media as we go. So. Awesome. I wanted to share that before we forget. Vaughn's out there. Vaughn wanted to give you a high five, Tamika. He said right earlier, um, I think. Uh, so Daryl said, whoo, she preaching. That was when you were going, Tamika. They were uh, really appreciating your conversation. And then Rebecca's out there. She says, I agree. So we have to get beyond talk. I do think yes. talk is, and I, so I'm going to take this back just a step and we'll start to wrap up here because I know we're at, at an hour and I want to always be respectful of our guest time and our audience time as well. Um, we have to use emotional intelligence and we have to apply it to this situation. And the technique that I use in emotional intelligence is called UCR, understanding, communication and response. So what do we need to understand? We need to understand how we feel about this situation. We need to deal with our own emotional um, um, feelings around it. We need to try to look at them from the perspective of others. Like you said, um, you may not agree, but we can certainly understand and respect someone else's opinion. Mm -hmm. Then we move to communication. We've got to communicate. We've got to open this issue up. We've got to bring it to light. We've got to get it out of darkness. We've got to make people uncomfortable enough about it to where they are paying attention and people are standing up and saying, wow, I see it now. We've been saying it for hundreds of years. I need everyone else to see it and, and to get on board with us and do something about it. And then the C and then the final piece of the UCR advantage is the R and the response and the action and the doing something, which is what we're talking about. So um, those are sort of my final thoughts as we go through. Um, Roz and Tamiki, I want you all to share your final thoughts on this partic particular issue and more importantly, the way forward, right? What would you share as final thoughts of this important racial injustice system? We answered the question of, is it okay to not be okay? And we said, absolutely. And now as we close, share, your thoughts on how we move forward from here. And Roz, I'll start with you, Tamika, as we wrap up and end with you uh, and your thoughts. Be sure to let us know how we can learn more about you and connect with you on social media. 
Roz. Um, my final thoughts are if you are not feeling okay, acknowledge it. Don't, don't, you know, hide under a rock, you know, don't, you know, you know, hide, acknowledge it. It's nothing wrong with asking for help. It's nothing wrong with talking to someone about it. Don't hold it in. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for your body. It's not healthy for your mind. It's not healthy for your spirit. It's not healthy for the people around you. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. It is okay. It's not taboo. And you have not failed if you're not okay. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can ask for help, you know, just like anything else that we ask for help for. It doesn't mean that you fail. It's just that mean that there's a gap here that, that you don't, you don't have the knowledge or the information or, or the bandwidth to handle it. And it's okay. We have got to get out of that taboo in that if we ask for help, we are failures. Please, ma'am, please, sir, get out of that. You know, if you need someone to talk to, I recommend Rhonda highly. Highly, I recommend Rhonda. Rhonda is a good person to talk to if you need someone to talk to. I'm, you know, she's not sending me a check. I'm not on her affiliate program. <laughs> but I'm just, if you need someone to talk to, she's excellent at listening. She's excellent at giving you coping skills. She's excellent at digging deep and helping you see that you know what's going on. Ask for help. That's that's my final words. Thank you so much, Roz. I appreciate that and all your contribution. Girl, I'll send you the check later, okay? It's okay. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> to me, yeah. And I guess my final words is um uh, I want to give a shout out to the allies too, because I think that's so important. Because even if we look back in history, it wasn't just like um black people. There are there are allies and people that connected with us and that pushed right. the process on. And there I think her name was Rebecca, your friend, um, who called you to make sure that you're okay. Like oh, those Jennifer. things Jennifer, okay, I'm sorry. Um though but thank you, Rebecca. I see that you agreed to me. <laughs> um, yeah. those things are so important and having those people who are genuine, you know what I'm saying? Because you know the mm -hmm. difference. Um the people that are genuine and that they mean it from their heart and their actions show it. The other thing about 2020 allyship is that there are people, sometimes we get in these type of forms and they're great, but we're preaching to the choir, right? Because these are the people that agree with us. These are our amen people. We become powerful when we start going into these other environments that will never log onto this show, that will never see this, and we start changing the narrative in those atmospheres. So what I wanna do, I always leave people with a challenge. I challenge you to go into those atmospheres that's not gonna log onto the show, that's not gonna look at it after. Hopefully people will, you know, we want this to be viewed or whatever, but the reality of it is, is some people are not gonna push play, but the only play that they're gonna push is from your mouth. Right. And so if you can be that person, because I remember like even with my mom or whatever, you know, and there's some anger issues that's going on and there's some things that can come out of their mouths. Right. In those moments and in those times. And that's her daughter. I had to say, OK, mom, but that's not OK to say that. And so sometimes at those dinner tables, um, you know, in Caucasian families or, you know, it may be a situation where grandma says this and you have to be able to tell grandma that's not OK, grandma. And you have to be the voice to educate grandma in that moment as to why that's not okay and why we're here. And so I just want to empower everybody to just be those voices in the places that's not going to log on and that's not going to engage in these conversations. That you carry the positive narrative narratives from these conversations with those types of people and you empower them to change. 
Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tamika. So let's do our post-production shot with our cups. And then uh, I'm going to come back to you, Tamika, have you tell people how they can connect with you and follow you on Facebook page. All right. Everybody holding up their cups. Good stuff. Thank you so much. That'll be our post-production shot. And so, Tamika, how can people learn about you and connect with you and hear the amazing, amazing talks and everything that you get? So I got to, um, and Rhonda, forgive me, I didn't give you this information, which I really wish I would have, um, but I was just kind of getting it all together because I'm changing my marketing strategy up a little bit. Um, but I thought that I was going to be able to like type it in here and mm -hmm. then put it in. Um, I don't know, but it looks like that's a private chat. I don't know if everybody sees that, but it's- There's a, um, there's a, bot, a button on the side that says comments. Make sure that that one is checked and then you can just type it in there. So, um, you can reach out to me at www.tamikia, which is my first name is spelled T-A-M-E-K-I-A.net. I also have um, an email account with the same Tamikia at Tamikia.net. Try to make it really easy for people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I also have social media. I'm on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on um, Twitter. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, just FYI about my Facebook. I do a lot of serious stuff. So sometimes when I go to Facebook, I just really want to relax and make a joke and do something. So just, just know that that's me. That's the authentic <laughs> Tamikia outside it. Like I love just to laugh and to do things, but I do put serious stuff up there too. But no, those are ways just, you know, contact me that way. The um, internet, the, uh, my Facebook page, I'm sorry, my um, internet page has a contact me kind of um, form that you can fill out as well that goes straight to my email. Wonderful. That's awesome. And uh, this was a really good conversation. I think I hope it was helpful for folks. Again, if you're out there and you're watching this and please like the video, make your comments even on the replay. We will go back and respond to those as well. And then share the video, share the video with others that you feel might get some value uh, out of the conversation. Maybe they have some thoughts to add. If nothing else, it can sometimes be cathartic right, therapeutic to go through this process and be able to talk with folks who understand and even those who may not understand. So um, Daryl's out there. Daryl says he enjoyed it. Ladies, keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Daryl. I know I've got more time I need to talk with you, but um, don't forget <laughs> to take some action in your own life. If nothing else, get yourself to a point where you are okay. If you feel that that's all you can do, then do that. Because at the end of the day, if you're not okay, you can't be okay for anyone else. There's probably those out there that love you and are supporting you and relying on you. And you definitely want to be okay for them. So um, this is, uh, we have come to the end of our time. Um, and we are so grateful and so thank you for you spending a part of your Saturday afternoon with us. Remember to stay positive, be empowered, um, look at your wealth projections, look at your financial situation, begin to empower yourself at that very, very minute level and begin looking at how we can empower, um, financially empower our own communities. Remember to always express gratitude and appreciation for what's in your cup. For all of you out there watching, we want to thank you so much for joining us. We're going to see you next week for the final Coffee with Rhonda episode of the season. Same time, same station. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a, a special pre-Father's Day edition. 
where we're going to have some guys on talking about what it means to be a dad and a husband okay. and raising and and building your business and career and all of those fun things all wrapped up together. So for my panelists, please, please stay tuned for a second. For everybody out there, we will see you guys next week. Same time, same station. Bye, everybody.